0: Rorik Honda knows its customers and community, so they have asked some comedians to better explain the bells and whistles affiliated with their cars. Through fun parodies, check out the value of the Rorik Advantage,
1: the spacious interior of new and used finds, and experience the durability of a Honda vehicle, all by following us, where? On social media. To learn more about Honda that suits you, visit Rorik.com for all of your vehicle needs. And now, the Jagoff podcast from the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden.
2: According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word Jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, or. Here's how
3: Pittsburghers define the word Jagoff when someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jagoff! Or someone scares the. Of
4: yeah, you. You off
3: Or it's a term of endearment.
4: How you been, jagoff?
3: This is Mark Madden. Hi, this is Larry Richards. This is Kevin Wild Bill. Hey, this is Kurt Angle. Hi, this is Rocky Blyer. Hey, it's Rick Sevack. Hi, this is Greg Brown. I am Tyler Kennedy. This is Antonio Holmes,
1: and this is the Jagoff Podcast.
0: So, Please. John and Rachel here from the Jagoff podcast. You know what
1: I'm calling this episode? I, I see Did it. Bogo? It? Yeah, Bogo. Yeah.
0: So, give the background on that, Well, Seamer.
1: I mean, listen, it's not like a buy one, get one, but, like, everything gets shortened anymore, so I thought it's like a botanical garden. Get it? So, it's I a see. different meaning to Jagoff Bogo. Oh, I lost it. I you. got it. Anyway, All right. Anyway, welcome to the Jagoff podcast. We're pretty excited with these guests. This is one of our final episodes for the 2020, which everyone is so ready to be done with 2020, but... Some exciting things. Always check out our blog post. This is where we talk about what was on our blog this week uh, before we get to our guests. And it's exceptionally important to remind you to go to, it's, it's one of our blog posts, Mancini's Bakery, not the one in the Strip District, but the one in McKee's Rocks, because there is an eight foot, yes, eight foot tree made out of bread with a pumpernickel trunk.
0: Yeah. And if you go watch the video, uh, from our blog, uh, you'll see that, uh, we, we made a nice little video. But Nick made the bread out of the same bread that they, the dough that they make their Italian twist and buns out of. And on the bottom of the tree, the eight foot tree, he even put a football, a basketball. Like, all I of it, know. all of it completely edible, except the fact he explains don't eat it. it's <laughs> been drying out for about three or four days yeah, and you don't probably don't want to eat and it. And people so. will touch it
1: because yeah. the whole point is, To get a selfie with it while you're waiting in line for the Christmas Eve bread. Everybody knows
0: when you go to Mancini's, you wait in line on Christmas Eve. So there's a little bit of joy there because you can get your picture taken with it.
1: And then John launched, as usual, the Jagoff Challenge, which is we urge our listeners, and it's already started. They kind of tapped us and said, guys, don't forget you need to do this. Um, If you're headed into like a Michael's, it used to be a Catan's. Yeah. um, A Michael's. (laughs) So Pittsburgh. Yeah. A uh, Lowe's Home Depot. And this first one was actually Target entry number one uh, on
0: Easton, PA. Okay, that yeah, it was? wasn't even around here.
1: So basically, we challenge you to take the letters that you see that hang on those hooks ever so eloquently, and turn them into a, a jagoff word. It's kind of cool. We have stockings, and uh, there was somebody did like
0: wooden letters. Wooden letters, right? Yeah. And if you really you have, have a lot of courage, put yourself in the picture. There like, you go. You know, take good uh, take this. credit for your work, yeah. but send it to us because we are going to give a prize to the best one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's a parking ticket. And also,
0: and again, as we were posting people, we post people that are being jagged off, people that are embarrassing, the rest of us all doing good work. And uh, the one thing we did is I noticed that, um, you know, Giant Eagle has prepackaged all of their dozen donuts now, mm-hmm. you know. And I always hate it. When I go to the donut shop, I know exactly the 12 donuts I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm always late, as you know. And when I get there, there's always some jag off in front of me. He goes, hmm, I think I'll have it. No, wait. Mm, I think, I-. look, the same donuts have been there for the last five years. Pick them and let's roll. You right? do this
1: at McDonald's. But, co-
0: <laughs> but COVID you is the thing. Know. Like, COVID has saved us. Because now, because of COVID, you're not allowed to stand there all day and yeah. pick your donuts. They're prepackaged. So... A positive note about COVID. A positive note, yeah. I guess. All right. So we have a bunch of guests here Positive
1: today. guests today, right? right? Here's how this one goes. We've wanted the one and only Doug Oster on the podcast for, I don't know, a year and a half now since we did the food bank. Yes, um, right. Stuff with PTL. And in typical John and Rachel fashion, you know, we have him in the bullpen and 800 other things happen. So <laughs> we get in touch with him and he just like goes poof. And automatically there's this amazing place that we did not know about. So we want to share it with you. So this is why we are um, in Oakdale. It's this hidden secret in Oakdale called the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. So he says, come over and have a podcast with me and the executive, is it director? Executive Mm -hmm. director. Keith. So does it get any It's better? like living in
0: Orlando and not knowing Disney World exists. Yeah. Right? In right. your backyard, right? <laughs> it's kind of stupid as a Pittsburgher, yeah. right? You're like, how did this, how did I not know yeah, this? But so the
1: more I read about it, I can't wait to talk to Keith Kaiser because I think this is going to be super yeah. interesting. So first super up, cool. are we talking to Keith or yeah.
0: Doug? I think we're going to talk to both. And on top of that, we have, um, you know, our friend Frizzy who's been on the podcast, Emmy award winning Pittsburgh rapper. And uh, his girlfriend, Say, has put together a cool video. Fiance. What's that? She's the fiance. Oh, fiance, yes. So she's a fiance, Say. And uh, so anyway, she's put together this cool video. Uh, You know, it's kind of make everybody smile during the COVID. So we're going to talk to her this podcast. On top of that... As you said, typical John and Rachel fashion, about two and a half years ago, we said, we need to have a harp player on our podcast. Because it's my
1: favorite instrument. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. And two and a half years later, almost to the date, we oh. actually have a harp yeah. player on our yeah. podcast. So so uh, as we go, why don't we do this? As we go into, before we talk to Keith and, and Doug, let's hear a little bit of harp playing. What do you think? Are you ready? I'm ready. Right? I mean, I could just sit here. Are you and- doing that? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. interview. Yes, wow. we That's are, and blast. so we're going to be talking to Stephanie at the end of the podcast. We have to yes. s- save her. So, anyways, Doug and Keith, welcome to the Jagoff Podcast. So, are you both well versed in the phrase "you jag off"? That's the first question. <laughs> so, you know, though. <laughs> no, well, on, you Doug. know
5: what? The funny thing is. Both of us are from Ohio. Right. I (laughs) thought so. Both of you. Yeah. Oh, geez. Kind of an interesting story, actually. It is. that uh, I worked uh, in Youngstown for the now defunct Youngstown Vindicator, and I spent many a many a day at the garden that Keith had built there. And uh, we didn't know each other until I went back there, I don't know how many years ago, and spoke. Did a program. Mm -hmm. And we became friends. And then... He ended up here and (laughs) it all worked out
1: that's great did so you did you coerce, coerce him, him to come here or was it just kind of it all fell no, into place
3: we didn't really yeah. hardly know each other that uh-huh.
0: or okay. to, doug did you go over to ohio and say they yell at us all the time for driving slow in the fast lane so come on over here and i'll teach you how to drive <laughs> <laughs> i don't
3: believe it so it's been a great relationship that we've been uh, creating so we do programming together um usually once a quarter for more than four years now we've been doing a class that we call botany walk and talk and okay. it's all about getting outside and seeing the plant collections that grow here at the gardens and learning more about them. So Keith becomes Doug. my straight man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Doug shares uh, information, and I do as well. And we have a plant list that we go through, and people are kind of learning plants in a fun wow. way. The la- last
5: one we did was uh, I made... Uh, The ultimate garlic lovers tomato, garlic, basil soup. So it always
3: ends with lunch.
5: Uh (laughs) Well, yeah. It's very much plant-based,
3: always is. And we try to see or learn or talk about plants that are in our gardens um, when we have our lunch. And so Doug did show us how great his garlic soup, um, (laughs) garlic tomato soup can be.
5: And it's funny that uh, whenever we get together, when you guys were all getting set up, he's telling me all about... How he planted his garlic, how I planted my garlic, how his fence he built a fence, and I was telling him about I just picked a winter ro- a winter radish today, and we're just always I talking we're always talking gardening. Yeah I
1: heard you talking about radishes. well, and and before you even move on, isn't it true then your book is that right? It is what tomatoes garlic tomato basil. garlic
5: basil. It's one of the five that I've written. Yeah. and uh, but the most recent uh, the most recent actually is Steel City Garden. Wow, uh, good job. Okay. And I'm a garlic fanatic. Okay. Okay. Uh, to give you an example, when my son and I would make pasta, we would use two full heads of garlic, not cloves. Heads. Wow. Three, if wow. no one's coming over. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Any reason? I mean. Uh, would yeah, you... you know,
5: I'm Italian through marriage, uh-huh. and so my wife is is Italian, and she taught me about garlic. And then once, you know, gardening took over my life uh i said well i gotta I gotta grow garlic and just like anything out of the garden the garlic that you pick it's like a tomato out of the garden it's like anything else it is so far superior to to anything you could get anywhere
3: and yes. everybody should plant garlic because it's a if you just plant one or a row it's the narrowest little plant you always have room in your garden for some kind of bulb and why not plant garlic bulbs
0: Okay. There okay. you go. Uh,
1: I'm the non-green thumber here. So right. Like right. If
0: you Listen. Wait. Right. It would grow. At some point, we're going to really? talk about okay. the, the mums that Rachel actually resuscitated, oh, oh, which is completely mom. is completely out of her character because oh, she's my, killed my pretty much. Calls everything. Me <laughs> 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 right.
1: For real. And these mums were fantastic. So. So I, don't know what I, do. I love
0: the fact that, that you know we. Again, I really want to get into how much space is down here, Keith, sure. and, and what you do here. But, Doug, uh, the, the funny thing about you is, I, I've for years followed you on social media. That makes me old, not you. And, um, but I love it, but people tag you, they'll like send you, I've done this to you. I send you a picture of a bug or a picture of a plant. and go, yeah. what is this? And you write back, oh, that's Colonicius or Protonicius And you're like, yeah, right. that's what I was, a cricket. But, but no, but I love the fact that you know this stuff and you, you, you've been here so long, you know these things. that – that you're like the the self help like guy people. yeah right yeah. you're the, you're the guy that you're like the one eight hundred call Doug, my plants are dying. I thing. consider that the most
5: important part of my job, is that right? When I do my radio show on k d k on Sunday mornings, I always say if you're too shy to call or if you can't get through, just send me a message on my website douggoster dot com and I answer every question, and I feel it's my responsibility to answer those questions because. It can be, you know, difficult when you start gardening. There's so much so much to think about. And, and uh, you know, one time I, I brought a, a new gardener to a nursery, and the next day she texted me. She goes, I'm completely flummoxed. I, uh, tubers and annuals and perennials. And I said, there's only three things you need to know. Improve the soil, know when the plant goes in, and don't let it dry out. Now, Keith and I both know It's a lifelong learning, but those three things, (laughs) they really will get you a long way. And I I love answering questions. And you know what? I get a lot of stories out of that, too. Um, In fact, I got one on Facebook just yesterday where, and I I can't wait to do it. This woman was telling me about how she saved all these bulbs – when they redid uh, that Allegheny Center area in Oh in, God, Nova, yeah. yeah, right, Place, yep. and and they tore up all this ground, and she found all these bulbs, and she saved them, and she planted them in, in her yard because they were just going to go to the dumpster. Sure. and I love that sort of thing, you know, that that, that people that they see that as a value. They see those bulbs sitting there, and they're like, well, I can't let those oh, go to oh, waste. Yeah. Those those needs to be planted, and uh, it's just. With, with gardening and social media, you know, you hear so much about social media and, and how negative it is. Mm-hmm. It's the absolute opposite for gardeners. In all these years I've been doing this, it's almost 99, it's 99% positive stuff where, where people want to know something or they want to share something. Yeah. yeah. You know, gardeners aren't like fishermen. They share their
3: secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and we like to be called plant nerds, and that's okay. You know, yeah, we, we, right. we like to talk plant knowledge and language that you may not understand, and that's okay. But we want you to learn it. We want you yes. to gain knowledge by trying those three basic things that Doug said about plants. And the other thing is don't be afraid to try. Yeah. So what if it died? You learned something from this.
5: When that's something so dies, you I, I always say it, something happened to it before you got it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the circle of life and right right right. and and
5: that is part of it keith too where you got to tell gardeners plants die that's part of it and don't don't sulk just say okay something else has to go there Mm. you know that's all you know it's just just nature telling you okay well it's time for something else there
3: and your compost pile needs food so it's fine to send (laughs) that plant that doesn't look very good to the compost pile and and start new plants because all it's doing is making new soil yeah
1: well and i i, I want to get to the whole we need to know the whole history of this place because i even side note i said to doug how long has this place been yeah, around and he said he said well it started in the 80s but you, there's five people who know the exact date yep. but uh before we jump subjects doug i was looking at um i follow you on the green voice mm-hmm. you're writing for the green voice mm-hmm. what a great piece. Talk a little bit about that and how that started, but the question that was asked of you was, um, "What is the best gift for a gardener?" Which I thought was—I mean, how can we not ask that question in holiday time? And your answer was,
5: "Believe it or not, it's a gift certificate."
1: I was say the
2: <laughs> a same gift thing. I, I, I,
5: was the I know. Answer. I know that. <laughs> I, I know that it, it's. I know that it's not personal or anything. But from from being gardeners for all this time sure. and people trying to buy for you. We're very particular about uh, the seeds and plants okay. and things that we want to put yeah. in. And, and the other thing is when you're a cheapskate like me, when you get that gift certificate, you might add the potatoes that, w- that are going to cost you a little bit more shipping because you get that, you have that extra money that someone's giving you, and you can pick exactly what you want. Now, I had a lot of other things listed there. Okay. But the number one thing, you know. Yes keith that i want is a gift certificate (laughs) 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 i even know where you want it too so i got (laughs) it
1: Uh, oh my gosh but how are you how are you liking i mean your hand is sort of in a a bunch of different things as you mentioned you're on kdk radio uh you're constantly online like john said giving answers it's like an ask natalie but really it's an ask doug as far as anything nature related and also now you have this new Um, your efforts with the publication yeah what is
5: that like i i love it because even i hate to say this even if they didn't pay me i would be telling these stories that's why
0: you're on the podcast because we don't pay either yeah (laughs) Yeah.
5: my 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 life's work basically is trying to tell people's stories I, i i the gardening is in there but it's the people it's the people and and what why they garden why they're obsessed with a certain plant what it means to them there's more to this than than just putting a plant in the dirt yeah. you know there it, it goes so much deeper than that and i've told so many stories even uh, since i've been with the green voice you know a marine with ptsd how a garden helps him yeah. uh, up in slippery rock the yeah. uh, growing together uh, aquaponics yes
0: at the north country brewing right yeah. you
5: know these Yes, there's a story about growing plants with fish, but it's also about the people in yes. there and no their question. relationships around these plants. And like I said, this is just what I do, and this is what I'm always going to do, and I'm just lucky to have someone to pay me to do
0: it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, Keith, let's go back to here because, again, we yes, co- I literally grew up 15 minutes or less from here. And so sort of feel like an idiot. We're not that, not I that never, old. Never knew it. What's that? We're not that old. We're not that old. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, It's just crazy that I. And so, how big is this place? Sure. What's it set up? You guys talked about vegetables earlier in the podcast. What things do you grow here? What classes do you do? Give us the whole sure. rundown, please.
3: So Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, and I'm going to correct you. Make sure it is botanic. Yeah, it's not botanical it's as not I botanical. said earlier. Yes. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Okay. No, no, I was just, just having the same conversation with someone else this morning. Botanic and botanical. All it's is the same word, really. It's just this extra "al" that doesn't yeah. have anything to do with anything, so it's, it's fine. Like but our name is <laughs> um, Leave it at we are an organization that has been on this site, um, since um, about night. We, we all let's back up 1988, as, as you said, was okay. when a group of kind of professional horticulturists in this community said, You know, we really, Phipps is a great place but we need more. We need, yes. we always need more gardens, don't we, Doug? We need more gardens and we need a place to grow gardens outdoors. Uh-huh. Um, so that was their beginning concept. And we started as, a, as the Horticultural Society of Western Pennsylvania, uh, led us to about 10 years to look for land to finally start a garden. And it was 1998 that we then signed the lease with Allegheny County. So we, we lease.
1: And, and back up, though. How do you look for that? What are you looking for?
3: Well, I wasn't on, on that process, oh, okay. but um, they were looking for land that they could afford to buy or lease. First off, that was very important. And also a ways to create a place for the public to come and learn about the connections of plants in our daily lives. So they found 460 acres right here as what was part of uh, Settlers Cabin Park. So our property line to the east, actually, um, is then right there, Settler's Cabin Park. So 460 acres here today um, give us 60 acres actually open to the public. So where we are in this wonderful 1870s barn um, is on land that was both farmed, of course, and then uh, very much coal mined for a good oh, close to 100 years. Okay. Um, but we also have history that we talk about because the Settler's Cabin, about 1780s, is on our site as well. There so actually we, is a Settler's Cabin. There is. Yep. So if you go In back Atlanta? out the driveway and look left or look across the street, you can see it. Oh, okay. that's where Kate sleeps. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, yeah, with the mice. Um, so, so we do programming that really focuses on the history of this land and how do we connect the people to it um, that start back to the 1780s, mid 1800s with farming. And actually, if you look out the window here, up the way, you can see a cleared space that actually is the farm lane, as we called it, it leads, because it leads right up to a open area that was where. Crops were grown and cattle were um, grazing, where we now call it a meadow. They would have called it a farm field. Okay. Um, and then right on to um, our stories about the use of this land as a mining site and the work that we are doing to do reclamation and cleanup. So there's stories about all these things. But then why are we really here? Well, we really are focusing on the plants of Allegheny, plateau which is this geographic region of western pennsylvania a little bit eastern ohio and down into west virginia and so on but that's really our specialty um focusing on the plants that are native to this allegheny plateau oh okay okay
1: i have to say you know i i told you when we were speaking outside just by looking at the website you're learning right because you have it kind of marked into sections on almost um i don't know how like you said if you're in if Disney, Disney world, world, how do you not know? It's almost, it's almost like, like, you know, um, Adventureland, Adventureland is over yeah. here and this here. is here. Yeah. And it is great for children to learn, but it's good for adults, too. Yes. And you're saying it's about, what, an hour for someone to take an entire tour to see the entire oh, an hour and a half? you
3: could probably spend more than an hour. Really? Yeah. Really? yeah. Okay. I was going to sure. say,
5: uh, you're not going to uh, get me out of here in an no, hour. No, it all depends yeah.
3: on your level of interest and what you want to hmm. do. If you want to take a walk and enjoy some of the woodland pathways, yeah, maybe right. right. an hour is what, all you, you have. But what are you great.
1: telling them as you're walking along? That's what I Well,
3: it's it's self-learning. Um, so there are some interpretive panels and signs, for instance, you could kind of sure. see a couple up there, those greenish and white ones, those are about pollinators. So we have a garden that those are in called the Hillside Pollinator Garden. So we're focusing on stories that relate to an information um, to pollinators on this site and in our gardens in our lives today, right up through the, through the apiaries we have bees on our site. But also then down in the woodland areas towards the Asian woods, uh, we have uh, mailboxes with tree times in it where it talks about the tree that this is by. Or we have little ephem- ephemeral signs that might say something about mining or why we left the seed pods on this flowering plant that looks dead to other people. Well, the insects and the birds are eating those seeds. So it's very much about passive learning, and that's what we're doing a lot of these days because our our on-site programming obviously is very different this year. Um, We haven't had any school kids, of course. Uh, which is what we usually have a lot of schools that are coming here. So that will come back. We know that. And we have some great support that foundations help us provide funding for them to come here, often bussing um, dollars. Okay. So that's important. But then we offer a large range of uh, programming for kids and families up through adults, um, once or twice a month.
0: But I see even people as we're recording this, this is the biggest snow ever for a long time. But there do I see people cross-country skiing out
3: here, right? Um, I haven't seen any skiers. I, I saw someone today with snowshoes snowshoes, okay. Okay. okay, just people visiting, yeah, They want to see the landscape in the winter. And it's great. Oh you know, no that
5: the one thing that you need to know is that it is beautiful that it's beautiful year round, and it's so funny that Keith and I were up in the hillside pollinator garden before you guys came talking gardening, and there there's more than just for the pollinators there there's also the beauty, even now the, those those grasses, the way they, they were silhouetted against the snow. We just sat there and said, isn't that great? Hmm.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. I'm so, actually quite sad when someone says snow is ugly. I, I just, I, I'm like, you need to think differently. Look out there. That's absolutely beautiful. Yeah.
0: It has been this snow for real because the, the roads are clean and, and all. But yeah, uh, the
3: snow does get dirty. Yes, no doubt.
0: No. Uh, now, so you talked about you're trying to sort of keep going what's indigenous, I guess, to yes. this area, right? So native. we know the Jagger Bush and, you know, these kind of things. But what, what's some of the things that would surprise some
3: of the people that are native to this area? Well, the think? one story that I like to talk about, many people know hydrangea arborescence, which is um, a very, it's a native hydrangea that grows in this area and um, they may know if they know of any hydrangeas they might know the one that that has um, a green looking flower that opens kind of fades to cream that's hydrangea arborescence annabelle well annabelle is a cultivar people know that especially gardeners but it's something that has been hybridized or naturally hybridized out of the native one and so we plant that and then the new cultivars that are coming out so people can see the progression of or at least visitors understand if we tell them that this is a native plant that grows here. It does well in anybody's garden, and it don't have to worry about, oh, you don't have to worry about. You um, don't have to worry about hardiness and flower buds, not flowering and all that stuff. Grow this one. So that's the goal for us to teach people about the plants that do well here, that are native, and do well in your garden. Mm. The number
5: one question I get: Why doesn't my hydrangea bloom? If they grow this hydrangea, it will bloom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm
0: okay mm-hmm. and it, do you know do get do you get people like, you know, well my uh, my um, what's well, a bird of paradise just doesn't grow in my front yard yeah. right
3: <laughs> you gotta move <laughs> or go see at phipps yeah you know, that's one. Yeah. right right. That's right. <laughs> right.
1: And also, I know that you're you're still kind of uh, expanding. Oh, yes. You, have to complete. So you had one portion completed by the end of summer. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Yeah. And then your welcome center is scheduled to be ready for spring. That's
3: right. So we just have been open five and a half years. Yeah. And um, two summers ago, we opened the pollinator garden. And this past summer, July 30th, we opened the kind of family discovery garden that we call the Garden of the Five Senses. And that's a wonderful acre and a half garden that is very much hands-on exploring. Uh, Kids love to play and do things. If you participate or came to see us um, during Moonlight & Cocoa that we just had, um, there was a walkway through there in the winter and the nighttime, so all that works well. But we have a new uh, part of our site and our garden offerings coming first part of April. And that's our new welcome center, as well as by our new auto garden and driveway and parkings, which all of you today probably parked in our new parking lot. We're glad to have that on board and it opens early april we're hoping april 1st that will celebrate our sixth anniversary of being open and that's a great exciting new building with um brand new facilities for uh, as amenities for our guests so new welcome center new welcome desk um a gathering room gift shop cafe uh, classrooms, public restrooms, and then you're out to the gardens. Sounds like a perfect place to podcast from in April. Uh, yeah, yes. we'll be back yeah. in
0: April.
1: But talk a little bit about, as I said to you, how intrigued I was with, there's actually a focus on autism with the whole sensory right. Um, right. gardens. Talk so about that. Autism, So autism, but also
3: each- just this garden of the five senses is there for everyone. Mm. Sure. So we really have tried to design it and focus that it's a garden that's very inclusive and that goes from um, accessibility. Uh, We had very little hard surface walkways before these two new gardens just opened. Um, With the Welcome Center, that's actually adding more feet of walkway that people can use as a hard surface, Um, but also how we've designed the interactive activities. And I'll give you one example. Probably the coolest thing in that garden right now any day of the year is the kaleidoscope that's in there. So you think, oh, kaleidoscope, yeah. Well, there's three of them on an apparatus that's kind of circular like this, but one's way down here. So kids or someone that might be using a wheelchair, or if you can only stand up, um, there's a tall one. But the coolest part is there's a planter in the middle of it, and, it, and if you turn it and you turn this kaleidoscope, it's magical. Yeah. Wow! So like that, it's really that. fun. Uh, yeah. um, there's there's balance beams. There's hula hoops. There's turf chairs you can sit out on the lawn. Um, the gardening, vegetable gardening programs that we're now able to do are. Open so, somebody space. planted some garlic in there. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doug, you're coolest. What's the coolest thing you like to do coming out coming funny. out here?
5: Uh, I like to hike out here. Okay. I like to go all the way to the back. I love the. Uh, it, it's so funny. Because as I've got to know this place, but uh, the, the, the Japanese garden out there might be my favorite. I, I like to be out Why,
0: Can I ask you a question? Why is it a Japanese garden? Is it the, the plants that are there or is it the Style design? The plants, right? Why is it called a Japanese both garden?
3: garden? Both. Oh, so okay. okay. It is, um, and the, we call it, it's within, the Japanese garden is within the Asian woodlands. Okay. And we are focusing on plants that are native here, like we said, but also some other climates and temperate regions of the world. And Asia is very similar to okay. here. So that garden had a water feature that we then were able to pull some gar- Asian design into it. But okay. the,
5: the thing about it, and Keith will tell you, that, that it just blows my mind, is that that water, before they started treating it, nothing could live in there. Yeah. The pH was so bad, and it's just coming from acid mine drainage, but sure. this, this is an amazing thing.
3: Yep, so we've talked real quick that, that coal mining took place on this land, mm-hmm. yes. and it's really a part of our story. Um, if we look actually out the windows that way, you can see some open space um, further into the woods, and um, it is one of the ways we have remediated some of the acid mine drainage that continues to come out of these old existing mines. Um, by going down and opening up cold mines and filling them back in. That was one way. What Doug's referring to is how we treat the water that's literally coming out of old mines through um, a very passive system of having to run past chunks of limestone in a big tank, if you will, and then it goes on, and then the the aluminum hydroxide that's collected, it goes to a different place. But the water that's clean goes into our Japanese garden, to our, to our lotus pond, as it's called. And you guys, and how long gorages. do you
5: think it would take? Yeah. With oh, that I pond has been there forever. That nothing lived in there. That when they started treating it, how long until you start to see life?
0: Oh my! I don't know. I'm guessing since you're, at, I, you I mean, I would have said two that, years,
3: right? No. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Very quickly. Wow. Is that right? So really? acid my drainage is like a pH two. It's like vinegar, and really nothing grows in vinegar. You clean with vinegar, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you want to kill stuff. But we have, um, through this very passive process, been able to turn around that water quickly. And that's about five or six years ago now that's happened. But wow, that's insects and, and fish, of course, and plants and water lilies and all these things. And it's a great place for us with anybody to enjoy. But the school programming are down yeah. there sure. fishing out and learning about the invertebrates and all these things that are down but there. But he still won't let me fish in that pond. Uh, yeah. Well,
5: And
1: I was going to say, we actually did jump subjects because you were in the process of saying that it took 10 years, you know, until 1998 for them to yes. find it. So what took from then until you said you've only, you'll be six years old?
3: Right. Um, it was so we had 460 acres of woods, yeah. and in nine, 2000. And so the concept was to start creating an entrance into this property off of a side road that that uh, came up onto the site, an old township road. It wasn't here at this part of the property, but when 2004 happened and Hurricane Ivan hit the land, hit hit our Western Pennsylvania site sure. from the east that much more rain came. And I don't know the numbers, but a lot of rain happened. And then that water that was in those old mines really that much more pushed up. So it was realized that we have to start cleaning up the acid-mine drainage on the site if we're going to be growing any plants. So delays, delays, figuring out, finding a way. So finally we we acquired... A little bit more land and we got this barn and the site where the cabin is and through some grant money we finally were able to renovate this space and get open. In this space, and we
0: are in, are in a space where you can actually rent we didn't even talk about this but you can rent you can have an event here. If you're listening to the podcast make sure you go look at the uh, photographs on Instagram at your Jagoff or Facebook at your Jagoff watch the video because this is really a cool place to have an event. Oh, now let's get to the question why we really want you here. This has all been Ruse? Because really, <laughs> I really have an urban legend question for you. An old oh, wives wow. tale question is, does it really help my freshly cut Christmas tree to put an aspirin in the water?
3: Does it really make it last longer?
1: He's going off the script, guys. I'm not How
3: happy. about we just say it doesn't hurt? <laughs> it's like <laughs> right. when you get a
5: dozen hand hand. roses, drop a penny in there too. Yeah. If, okay, yeah, yeah. So really, the is, is
0: there really any <laughs> sense does does the does watering a tree actually work? Oh yeah, watering it. Yeah. Okay, so that does yeah. work. My Christmas tree is proof. Yeah, well, yeah, because <laughs> it's, like it's dead, right? It's like Charlie yeah. Brown called to get it. My kids won't Right. But, no, so, the, so that actually does kind of keep it fresh. It does take up the water. Okay. You but got, the-
5: you've got to take the bottom off that Christmas tree when you get home. Yeah. And then you've got to put it right in water because if that seals up, it's not going to take the water up. But once it does, you'll see yeah. that you've got to add water Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, day. for sure. I just didn't know if it really made it last longer. Yeah. But got is it. Is
1: drying out the biggest problem with, with any kind of flowers or plants? Like, is that with the, the biggest
5: Oh, there's lots of biggest people- problems. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, Yeah. Probably, I mean, if I you know. don't water yeah. something you put in, especially when you just plant it, yes, and don't rely on the rain. If you know you're planting a tree or a shrub or a little annual plant and it's supposed to rain today, just ignore that concept. Okay. You heard it flood uh, that thing because okay. you, so you can't over over-water. overwater it and, it's yeah, first day that's a, actually actually that's a really a
0: good Rachel question mum. that's yeah that's and right does this ph thing really matter like as far as whatever plant you if i'm a home gardener i throw something a hydrangea
3: or whatever else not in. to start with just plant it and don't worry about okay. it okay okay but the concept yes and the the science behind it yes okay your vegetable garden
5: and your lawn the ph should be right you can get a soil test very inexpensive from the Penn State Cooperative Extension. They'll send it to you. You dig up a little soil. You put it in there. You send it to the lab. They send it back to you, and they give you the scientific data. My dad used to send us out every spring. Boys, we're going to lime the yard. Yeah. He had no idea. That's just to change pH. But he had no idea if he was using twice as much as he needed or half. Oh, much. right. you yeah. a scientific number. Now you have a scientific okay. formula and how much lime or whatever you're going to apply to change the pH to, to get it where you want it, and and that's how you should do it. You can't be guessing. Okay. You know, we get that question every day, like, is it okay to lime? Well, if you don't know what your pH is, how do you know how much lime to put on yeah. or whatever you're going
3: to use? And the other very, very important thing is have organic soil, organic matter, or whatever I call oh, it, okay. to your soil mm-hmm. added to it. So that's why I made reference to a compost pile. Um, everybody sure. should have a little compost pile of some sort because you cannot have too much organic matter.
5: And you'll never – you'll, 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 you'll all, always need more compost. When you have a compost pile, you use all of it because yeah. it is the –
3: and those piles of leaves yeah. that you send away, just leave them wherever in a pile. And then by spring, they're going to be down here. And then by fall, they're going to be ready. to. Yeah. Go. Don't tell my family
0: that. <laughs> right. That kind of right. I can, I can ask you do, uh, one more question if you don't mind. To, should I save my poinsettia? Right. No. Should I?
3: Should, no. It, it did its job. It's done. Okay. Send it to your compost pile. Right. I say
5: uh-oh. the opposite thing. We're all, oh. Being the cheapest gardener in the world, <laughs> the idea is get that poinsettia. Get it through the holidays, and now you got to get it all the way until May, and then you plant it in the garden, and it becomes this big thing. Then you can throw it in the compost. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it depends if you want to try to. You're play like, with yeah. It, but okay. You're not going to do. I mean, it's fun, you, and gardeners will try it for one or two years, and they'll say, yeah. "I'm not doing this." And anymore. it's never, yeah, it's
5: right, never right. going to rebloom like that, no. God, unless okay. unless you have it a little greenhouse. Where you can get the light on it to be exactly right, but yeah, it's just a fun thing. It what takes up
0: a big, bigger spot at the compost pile at some point, right? Yeah, if you were to right, grow, that's right? right. We you guys, and it's
3: fun. I mean, a plant. You know, it's okay to get rid of it. They all don't live. So. <laughs>
0: right. You guys have been amazing. I I have a million questions for you. I have a million questions, for you. A million gonna, questions yeah. for you, but we won't. We have our question of the day that we have to get to. Okay. So this is this is always the toughest well, before part. Before
1: we do, can you let everyone know, you know, yep. they can still visit the museum? Yep. Well, the yep. museum. Well, we're a
3: living museum. It You're it right. We somewhat, are a living right? museum. Uh, um, yes, we are closed on Mondays. Okay. And we will be closed Christmas Eve, the 24th and 25th, and the yep. 30th and 31st. No, okay. 31st and the 1st. Yeah. yeah. But we are open regularly Tuesday through Sunday uh-huh. um, at this time of year, nine to five. Okay. And in the summers, we do stay open later on Wednesdays and Thursdays.
1: Okay. okay. Appointments.
3: No, but we do uh, ask you for, um, to go online and I was to do reserve ticketing. Yeah. Is it, yeah. and
0: is it donation
3: or is it a fee? No, there's a $10. ticket. Okay. So we do uh, time ticketing. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So
0: yeah, I did. I did the show. You did. Yeah. Become a
3: member, right, Keith? Uh, become a member. Become a, that's right. Okay. Become a member. Yeah. <laughs> Listen,
1: that's a great gift for Colin Parrish. Right. Seriously, we didn't Christmas gift him yet. Oh, oh, I'm so
0: smart. Right. He has a great. Get life a Sam's Club amazing. membership, and you're angry every Saturday because it's yeah. crowded. <laughs> You come here. You're not angry. You're in no. the peaceful Asian garden. Right? After,
5: after, after Sam's
3: Club, you come here. Come here and relax. Yes. Right. I so we it. are in Oakdale, and thank you for yes. saying that. We're 10 yep. miles east. I'm sorry, west of downtown Pittsburgh. Yeah. And if you, I always tell people who have no clue, I say, if you can find Robinson Town Center or IKEA. You can find us, but you won't know that we're near there because we're much more remote feeling. than. But that's
0: and you're exactly right on the way out here, Keith. She said Oakdale. I'm like, oh, God, I know Oakdale. When you're listening to this podcast, don't think, oh, God,
3: Oakdale way out there. No, it's literally right next to Robinson Township. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And if you know, um, you know, Noblestone Road from Carnegie area, it's super easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Doug, where do they find you online? Just go to
5: DougOster.com and you can find all my stuff there the videos, podcasts, radio show, everything's there.
0: You need okay. to have Rachel Wait. on your podcast to talk about killing plants. Uh, She's a plant murderer. Not She's a plant Doug, murderer. Seriously. Yeah.
1: No, and we will obviously have all of your information in the show notes. And I can't urge people enough to, to check this place out. Look at the gorgeous photos that we'll have for you to peruse. But definitely take the time to come out during the, yeah. the holidays. Right? Awesome. And have an all event right. here, too.
0: Question,
1: Question of the day. Once, guys. Have, this these are the hard, hard hitting, hitting. I, I don't know if you want to accept this challenge. Okay, so basically we go through three. I'm losing my place, though. Okay. Salt the driveway, or do you use kitty litter?
5: I, I use. I don't use salt. I, I use uh, a lighter product with magnesium as oh. the, the main ingredient, and I, I use it at, at the application rates. So I'm, it's the same price as salt, but oh it, it's not as... Tough on the plants or on the, the pets yeah. or yeah. on the driveway. Yes. If you just use it sparingly, and I had to do it this morning because I had to get a videographer and a co host up my driveway, which was quite a challenge. I'm sure. I'm sure. What about you? So um,
3: I use an ice melt, but not salt because salt is too damaging to the plants. Yes. Okay. But, oh, okay. but sand. Oh, so use sure,
5: yeah. sand. Oh, really? Sand.
3: Okay. okay.
1: Look, look, I, use- I usually, let me tell you something. I usually get annoyed when people go off the subject and go with a Third choice, but you guys—we just oh. learned something. So, you're safe. You're safe. And God, don't you're annoy pretending
5: her. not to be annoyed.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> you would know, Doug. I promise. It's good. Um, marshmallows and hot chocolate, or flavored cream in your coffee. These are all wintry fun questions.
5: Marshmallows and hot chocolate. Neither. Oh, like,
3: oh I have tricks. to have one. I would have marshmallows. Look, my she, she threatened <laughs> him. She threatened you with her eyes, didn't He's she? Like, okay. Yeah. All right, now she's annoyed.
1: Easy for Doug because you kind of answered it. Holiday mask (laughs) or generic generic paper one?
3: Uh, Holiday, baby. Holiday. (laughs) I, love it. Um, I do and have he, one holiday, but mine's pretty generic. I gotcha. Okay, <laughs> but I do have guys, one with ginkgo leaves on it. So. I, I,
1: well, <laughs> I, of course you do. I, I would expect no less. We cannot thank you enough. This was so interesting. When I and quick thing about Rachel, usually in the, on the podcast, if I say interesting, that's when John goes, Oh, she's not interested. I promise you, this was super enlightening for me. Oh yeah, I mean, and again, I have a million, million questions. I
0: have a million questions for you. So, so we're we'll just come back you're in gonna have a April come back. No, back. for your <laughs> grand opening. We'll schedule a podcast for yeah, real. Perfect. All right, thank cool.
1: You guys and next up will be say who is frizzy's fiance so as we so eloquently you know segway we're so good at segways
0: we And so right, like, I am. Yeah, you are. And you smoothly got into this as we we're listening to the smooth harp music. Oh,
1: my gosh. Right. And nothing beats a harp, the sound of a harp. But, you know, we were really excited. Typical John and Rachel for the third time this podcast. Something happened last minute. And we were like, we have to get say an alley on this podcast, like ASAP, because they have some like late breaking news that's happening in the next couple of days. That people need to check out, especially during the pandemic, because we're always talking about things that people can do safely, right?
0: Yeah. Safely. 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 <laughs> there are so many horrible 90 <laughs> year old man puns coming up here. <laughs> Fiance, everything. So, Say and Allie, welcome to the Up Podcast. How are you guys? I'm so glad I have
6: such a punnable name. <laughs>
1: <That's> amazing. <laughs> Amaz- listen and you don't you have a great name it's just funny that it works so perfectly because as you know with, with our relationship with you and frizzy that we've had over like almost two years now mm-hmm. that you know we're silly we're hokey and um you know you can't be any other way i love you guys no, I love you. <laughs> it's
0: hilarious these are ones i haven't heard before <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Okay. We, all, we write new material every week. So, <laughs> Allie, how do you come, to, tell us a little bit, since we know Say a little bit, tell us a little bit about what you and Say are doing to sort of brighten up the holidays here via YouTube since we can't go anyplace.
4: Well, Say and I have also been at home and bored and we decided, uh, you know, to make our own opportunities and make our own entertainment. Uh, that hopefully other people can share in. So we decided to do our own version of a cheesy Christmas movie and, uh, we made it into a web series called A Very COVID Christmas and it's premiering on the 19th through the 24th on YouTube.
0: Nice. I mean, listen,
1: this is, this, this is the best part. Everyone is trying to figure out what do you do As a result of boredom, as a result of being stuck at home. And all kidding aside, of course we're all bored. But sometimes those moments in our lives bring out the best creativity. So what was your inspiration? Was it the Hallmark Channel that literally has the same plot, different movie?
6: Exactly. I mean, this is very much like Hallmark Christmas movie straight-up grated cheese on all of your meals, like, at (laughs) Olive Garden. You just keep it coming, keep it coming. It's super cheesy, but we wanted to do that on purpose because it is, like, our way of just injecting some humor and lightness and fun into what otherwise is a a dire and depressing situation. Mm -hmm. And Allie and I just kind of realized, for one, the lack of film production happening right now was an inspiration. But for two, we had so many people talking to us about how they were down about the holidays and about yeah. all the different things they couldn't do, the people they couldn't see, all that jazz. And we just we really wanted to incorporate that and make something where the main character is going through all those little, you know, quote, mundane things, but not really because they add up and, and they they equal you know, it, it's really hard right now. Yeah. Um, so- They're identifying
1: with the regular person. Yeah. Right?
6: So you will see the main character go through, you know, all the things that everybody has in common, which is like the Zoom calls, the FaceTimes, your parents don't know how to work technology. <laughs> uh, you have sweatpants on under the counter while you're at work. <laughs> <laughs> um Having to wear PPE, uh, you'll see also the main character, Molly, um, she gets a, a new neighbor that moves in and they, you know, they meet over the fence and they have a very, like, fun love interest thing happening where they have to stay six feet apart. And it's like, we're back in the Victorian era again. Yes. <laughs> it's, just, it, you know, it's all that that everybody is experiencing right now, but heightened for, for the entertainment factor.
0: Yeah,
6: and so the- allows
4: us to film in this time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't have big budgets and, you know, we can't put everybody up in a hotel and keep them there and quarantined and everything. So setting it in the time of COVID and keeping your main character six feet apart and interacting remotely, just like all of us do, also allows us to film and make things.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and Allie brings up a good point. Is So you are remote the entire time, right?
4: Yeah, we We're had to figure out how to film. And uh, our main character, our main man, appeared on screen together, and they both got COVID tested, as did I. I was the only other person on set immediately beforehand. And we did that all in one day when they're actually in the same room, again, so that we don't have to keep people overnight. We don't have to keep tabs on them. We don't have to trust people to do the right thing. You know, we're making sure everybody is safe.
6: Yeah, that was one of the cool things, one of the challenges that we really had to figure out and overcome with this was – Not only is this about COVID, but we are filming during the COVID pandemic. So we had to figure out how the heck to do that and limiting our filming to one day with the two main characters. And even though we shot for 14 hours that day, we still had to make the very next day the day where, you know, only my scenes were filmed because we took that COVID test. We had to stay in the bubble. We couldn't break the bubble until we were finished filming and it was me and Allie and our main actor and Allie's mom. And it was, we were we wore every single hat you could possibly imagine in a production, which made it 10 times harder, but we were determined to do it in order to create something just to kind of, you know, prove that, you know, not to let this stop you from pursuing something in general, something creative, uh, but also, you know, just to... It, it, it really lends to the story, too, that we're trying to yeah. tell.
4: And I think we learned a lot in the process because we had to wear so many hats. You know, yeah. I'm normally just a producer and say's normally an actor. And now we both know how to make props and light scenes and more
1: cameras and edit and yeah see creativity and and results come out of these kinds of things that's crazy
0: I love it because we talked earlier about you know how this brought ingenuity you know when we we thought this was a a short haul when we thought it was three months right everybody we were so happy at all the fun that was going on on TikTok (laughs) and like oh my god yeah and in June we're all going to be free and all that kind of (laughs) stuff and now we're doing the long haul creativity like we've all burned Netflix completely you know we all we watched the tiger guy like okay And the cat people and all that kind of stuff like yeah. So June. Oh, God, I still need something to do. And now we're in December and we still need something to do. So you guys are kind of handing this to us on a platter as far as needing something to do as we all (laughs) sort of get together for the holidays. So the the video series starts. Well, as we air this, it started yesterday, right? And so how many episodes are there and uh, what to kind of see the transitions don't, you know, obviously keep it a secret, but uh, we know there's a love interest and uh, we know there'll be that little tinkling noise above when the love interest mistakenly, you know, oh, that's, you know, oh, oh that's the guy. It's, that's a the yeah, it's a tinkling noise. It's a tinkling noise.
1: You, watch the right. horror, you,
0: you know, know. like, she, the guy she was talking to is not the guy. The guy that gets the dink and dink noise is the guy, right? So, anyways, so well, tell us a little, take us through the path of the episodes.
6: Well, our main character, Molly, who I play, um, like I said, she, you know, she meets the new next-door neighbor. Um, they have a, a love interest thing going there. And then she also has a best friend named Raina, who is an ER nurse. So they can only communicate through FaceTime. That's the only way you see them communicating through the whole series because she's an ER nurse. They haven't seen each other all year. And, you know, we kind of talk about what's going on on that end too. Um, and I don't want to give too much away, but Molly just kind of goes through the trials and tribulations of uh the ups and downs of what someone would go through during the holidays right now, but exaggerated dramatically.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I think this was brilliant. I mean, kudos to you guys, again, for utilizing your time. How long did it take to actually film it?
4: So we filmed uh, rather quickly. We filmed, of course, the in-person parts, which was one day with both actors. Right. Just so two days on set. And then we filmed uh, the scenes with Raina, the best friend, remotely. That was a day. And then we have a few other remote things, like the parents and stuff. And collectively, that was probably another day. So... Um, two main days of filming, but less than wow. a week total of filming. And in that, fact, Say and I came up with this idea a month ago. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we we came up yeah. with the idea and then wrote the script and produced it and did everything in a month. It, it kind of reminds me of that
0: contest where you get 48 hours to do, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah.
4: Yes. I love it.
6: Days. But the filming remotely with the actress that plays Raina, Alex, uh, that was interesting too because we had to figure out how to get um, a camera into her space and get that stuff filmed. So you know, Al. It's funny you speak of ingenuity. Ali used to be a nuclear engineer until two years ago. So oh my god, yeah. same. I- Apparently, <laughs> I made the film industry look like so much fun that she decided to switch careers. <laughs> and- oh my <laughs> god. <gosh. laughs> but she like she's a genius when it comes to the technical stuff and figuring stuff out because she you know you're- yeah. Because
1: she's neuro. I mean, yeah. yeah.
6: So she, you know, she came up with this idea to um, pack a, a nice overnight bag with camera equipment and everything that our actress would need, and she sanitized everything, drove it, drop it off on her porch, and then the very next day we had like a Zoom video session about setting it up and how to work everything, and and then we filmed her stuff later. So that was like another way that we overcame the hurdles and you'll see, uh, you know, when you watch it, you, you really can't tell. It looks
0: like we were there. In her I feel place. like there should have been a backstory, another film made of you guys making the film of oh, running yeah, up and behind. dropping people off, yeah. dropping <laughs> cleaning it. That yeah. you know, we have no behind the scenes content because we were so busy <laughs> <really laughs> doing yeah. it.
1: Yeah. See, next time that's why you bring us on board because yeah. we're really good at the blooper stuff. Yeah. So. See, oh, Ali's oh,
0: not as far as you said yeah. she was. Silly Ali. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We
1: learned some hard lessons
4: too. <laughs> 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 Lots of bloopers.
0: (laughs) Uh, So the name of it and where we find it as of of this podcast is running?
6: It's called A Very COVID Christmas. It is a web series that will premiere on our YouTube channel as well as um, our As If and my individual IGTV channels. That is because um, this isn't a numbers game for us. We just want as many people to experience it as possible on whatever platform they go to. So we're releasing it on both platforms, and uh, the premiere is December 19th. Saturday, we're releasing episodes one and two together. They're kind of a two-parter. And then an episode a day after that until Christmas Eve. So there's seven episodes total, and the finale will air on Christmas Eve.
0: So take a break oh, yes. from watching your Christmas story Christmas for twenty four hours. Yeah. You can take half hour yeah. out of that to go watch the. Yes, this is awesome. I'm with
1: you. Yeah, no, we already yeah. know what's going to happen on a Christmas story. Right. We don't know what's happening on this. That's day, right. right. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah, That's right.
0: Molly and Rainia.
1: Listen, and where does everybody follow each of you? Because I have a feeling that it doesn't stop here. We're going to expect other things, especially if COVID keeps up. We want to know what we're doing in the summer.
4: <laughs> That's true. You can follow us on any social media. Our production um, handle is at Films by As If, uh, no punctuation in there. That's also our website. It's the name of our YouTube channel. Um, Easy. Yeah, and of course, is him- a real celebrity, so you can follow <laughs> her separately, and I'm sure she'll funnel you into our channel. I don't
6: know what you're talking about. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Say S E underscore. Marie, M-A-R-I-E. So that'll premiere on my channel as well. Um, and yes, As If is absolutely a clueless reference, because that was Allie's favorite movie growing up. And we Excuse were paying homage me. to her coming over to the dark side from New York. <laughs>
1: but it also stands for Ali and Say International. I, you know, I clever, yeah. clever ladies. All right, now this is where... Listen, Allie, this is where I say it and tell you um, it gets a little hard right now, okay? So it's the coveted question of the day, and uh, I hope that you can handle it. I don't know. I'm not okay. feeling a good vibe right now. Three questions in a series, for the series in a series, three questions in a series that are winter based. Question number one, and we always give multiple choice, so it helps you out a little bit. When it snows and it's icy like it's been lately, are you using salt or kitty litter?
4: Oh, I just let it melt.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Say, salt or kitty litter or neither. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. The other guys were like, uh, "No, that's not even what, what you use." So I was a little bit mad because it wasn't part of the multiple choice. But
6: I live in the city, so um, I, it's like a legal hazard if we don't salt our sidewalk and someone slips and falls on it.
1: True. It's
6: so dumb. But um, other than that, I, I let it melt, too. We okay. were laughing because I was, you know, the past couple months we've been watching everyone break and blow their leaves. And I'm just like, I just let them get
1: it. Yeah.
6: <laughs> <But> actually,
1: <laughs> actually, they say that's okay because uh it becomes compost. compost. Yeah, so that's oh, okay. Good. We're, we're helping the environment. Out. Yeah. Okay, question number two. Are come you come throwing them. extra marshmallows in your hot chocolate or creamer in your coffee? Look at that. Oh.
4: Marshmallows in the hot chocolate. That's not even a question. <laughs> say.
6: I don't know if you guys know about me, but I am the ultimate hot chocolate addict. I have it like three times a day. I have a system. It has to have a <clears throat> in it
1: and whipped cream and chocolate syrup. And it is. Oh my awesome, god. And I will make it for you one day, and you. John is like it. salivating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> is That's thing. We'll it's be bad. right over. I
1: have to have it. That's
0: well, well, awesome. that's the first Not episode. Good. I'll even sit on your porch and watch the first episode. <laughs> Why you? <get> <laughs> you do that are hot
6: chocolate yeah. in the series. Why
0: did we do that? Oh yeah, for a mask. This is no everybody. This is everybody's flair these days. Their mask. So, are you going paper cloth a paper mask or decorated festive mask for the season?
4: Oh, I usually wear a paper mask while I'm out that I change, but I do have. Have left over from a failed Halloween costume that I'm gonna break out again. A Carol Baskin's face mask <laughs> that is both terrifying and amazing.
6: <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, she had, yeah, it was a failed Halloween costume. She ordered one of those custom printed face masks. Yeah. And she wanted to be Carol Baskin, so she got the bottom
0: half, hilarious,
6: of Baskin's face printed, but it came like all warped. So it looks like her face is melting. Oh my gosh.
1: Well, it's a prop later.
6: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh my gosh. And say how
0: about you?
6: Um I yeah, I wear I keep like a container of paper ones in the car so if I have to go in the store I pull it out but yeah. um, I, I have a collection of Groot and Grogu Baby Yoda masks that I definitely keep on rotation
0: <laughs> I've love
1: it. i seen the Baby Yoda it made me think of you actually <laughs> ladies this was seriously so much fun I'm so glad we were able to, to sneak this in under the wire we can't wait to watch it we're certainly going to be pushing and promoting it so that people Thank can you. see what great stuff this is so thanks for the time we, we can't wait to see what happens next
6: Thank you guys so, so much. We appreciate this. Yeah, you guys are awesome.
0: No problem. (laughs) Dink-a-dink-a-dink-dink. So, Stephanie, before we ask you any questions, I have a question for Rachel, because as we said in Uh the beginning of the podcast, we've been trying to get a harp player, a harpist or a harp player, correct? Uh, Either one's fine with me. (laughs) On the podcast for about two and a half years, and... I want to ask Rachel, why is the harp your favorite that instrument? Such
1: a good question. <laughs> you know, I will say the reason that I kept saying I love, I love the harp. I come from a musical family, and it was more voice that I liked. Mm-hmm. But if there was any instrument that truly—and I'm not being uh, punny—but struck a chord <laughs> yes. was the harp because mm-hmm. it sounds like multiple instruments at once. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting the strings, and you're hearing bass, and you're hearing all these different melodies. Mm-hmm that you don't get when you're strumming a guitar Mm -hmm. or a bass or a drum. Right. And so I think that's the answer, but I have to tell you, it's, it's melancholy for me. I was married 20 years ago in October and we had a harp player at my wedding and it was one of my fondest memories. Mm -hmm. And honestly, life, you know, gets crazy and I have children and don't get to appreciate the art of that music. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate that we made Tracy get on it and find her. (laughs) Right. Because this was fantastic. And the funny story about you, Stephanie,
0: is that we gave you about nine different dates. We're like, meet us here. (laughs) No, don't. Then meet us here. Like, you were in your car probably six different times headed a certain direction. (laughs) And, like, then we got canceled. So This
1: was the perfect venue for you. Yeah, this is
2: beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, welcome. So it's Stephanie Miller. And Stephanie isn't just a harp. You know, a lot of times musicians, unfortunately, because of pay scale, to be honest, mm. aren't always just musicians by trade. That's uh-huh. what their other job is, you know. <laughs> but for you, you've turned that craft into you've kind of morphed two things. Is that right? With your profession? hmm.
2: Well, I've taken music and gotten several different certifications to use it therapeutically to help others, and I also play for events and things, and that's why uh, our business is called Music for Life of Pittsburgh because we can play for pretty much any aspect of your life, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So talk a little bit about the therapeutic part and why,
2: how you found that.
1: I love how you're saying music for certifications because, let's face it, everything can get certifications at this point Mm -hmm. in life, and it's Mm -hmm. so cool to know that something that entertains us and can bring mm-hmm. us joy or or you know, strike a memory or something like mm-hmm. that is now something that is being used for even more purposes.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Music's been therapeutic for us throughout the ages. Sure. And we're learning more over time of how we can use it. So oh, I have a couple different trainings. I'm a certified music practitioner. I train through the Music for Healing and Transition program. And that is a certification to help musicians learn how to play at the bedside, to help people relax, to create a healing environment. Basically, we're creating an environment through music to provide in-the-moment comfort care. So we're addressing the immediate needs of someone at that moment through music. Uh Mm-hmm. So,
0: is it amazing? Like when you're in, even for when you're in that healthcare situation, mm-hmm. do you even notice the healthcare providers? Oh yes. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so if you look at the definition on uh, the mhtp.org where I went to school you can see that they say, for the the ill and dying and all who are present. That's very true. I have (laughs) walked onto the unit and had a nurse jump up and down and start clapping and say, oh, thank goodness my shift's on the harp ladies. when she's (laughs) here. I'm so glad. It's been forever. Yay. So it really does help the staff. Um, I've actually been playing. I I play sometimes just for the nursing station. And one time I was playing and a nurse came over and held a phone up to the harp and said, I hope you don't mind, Mm -hmm. but the doctor on the other floor is having a really tough day, and I think he could just really use some music right now. Wow. So it can really help the staff a lot. Mm -hmm. And this isn't your only instrument. You play flute? Yes, I do play flute. I'm also certified to play flute therapeutically, but I I typically play harp. Since I have that nice wide range and not that you can't do wonderful sure. things I, I have several colleagues who do it's just for me personally i find no
0: way we're getting you to talk bad about this <laughs> uh, so they take us back to whenever because uh-huh. you know people me i associate harps with angels and yeah. harps with the harp and fiddle mm-hmm. the irish music but yeah. what's the history of the of the harp Mm -hmm. and sort of where it all is there a certain country where it originated
2: oh well this is what's fascinating about the harp and i'm by no means an expert but from what i understand there's a harp type instrument all across the globe it's found everywhere um culturally you're saying yes every culture that i am aware of and again i'm not a historian but to my knowledge there's some kind of harp-like instrument Everywhere you can look in, and find it. Right, um, and I believe mm-hmm. that. Listen, yeah, of
1: course. Who doesn't need a harp? I need like a hashtag. I need more harp. Like there was yeah. need more cowbell. Yeah. Like yeah. More, <laughs> more harp. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh! And I have to say, so mm-hmm. obviously, twenty years. I got married in two thousand, mm-hmm. and the harp was ginormous. Yes, I, I can't believe. You know, when I saw you over there, kind of unpacking and getting mm-hmm. ready. It's more. I'm. I'm going to use the word
2: compact.
1: Yes. What, is it a different type of harp, or is this evolution?
2: <laughs> well, a uh, little you know both? Uh, Yes. Okay. Uh, so the the harp that people typically think of is usually a pedal harp, like one in the orchestra. Usually a gold yes. color and things like that. But they they can come in all shades of colors. But what's nice about the pedal harp is there are little mechanisms at the top of each. There's a a pin that holds the string that goes Mm -hmm. from the soundboard all the way up. And so there's a little mechanism that will shorten and lengthen the string so you can get a wide range of sharps, naturals, and flats. And you can do it all with a pedal. So when you see someone in the orchestra who's playing and they're just running their hands, it's called a glissando. That's a glissando, and then they keep doing that, and the chord's changing. Like, how are they doing that? They're using their feet, because on a pedal harp, one pedal corresponds to one note in the scale, and there's seven notes in a scale. The eighth one is the octave, so that's the repeat. So I'll give you the quick harp tour, if that's okay. Do it, yeah. Okay, so on my harp over here, and on most modern harps, there are different colored strings, so you can tell what to do with your instrument. So right now I can play, these are the red strings and here are the uh, blue strings. So the C's are red, the F's are blue and then you have the ones in between. And then if you play them all together, you get your scale. So there's a pedal for each one of these sounds and on the harp that i have which is not a pedal harp this is called either a celtic or a lever harp i have these little levers that i can raise so that's c natural now if i raise the lever that is c sharp so i can with this instrument raise the lever so here's f now that's f sharp So I can raise it, but I can't do flats. I tune in in flats so I can get almost as many uh, sharps and flats as a piano, but I'm limited. a pedal harp, which is why it's so great for orchestra and jazz and other things, is that they have a pedal for the C. So if you change the pedal a certain way, so that's C natural, you change it to one slot, you get C sharp. You change it back down, you get C flat. And that's how you can actually make uh, in, uh, the instrument be one chord wow. by changing the sharp. Like, it, it's it's a really fascinating instrument. But the Celtic harp or the lever harp here is very good, too. And there's wonderful harpists who can change in, in between uh, as they're, they're playing to get different sharps and things. But uh, this one is really great. It's superpowers, what I like to call it, <laughs> is if I have one accidental, which means I have one note that is not what you're thinking of when in the terms of the key, I can just set it and forget it. Wow. So I don't have to move my foot I don't have to think about it, it's done. So that's its superpower. <laughs> uh, but um, it's easier to play classical pieces and uh, jazz pieces on a larger harp. What do you prefer? Well, I would love a pedal harp, but I don't own one. Um, what about classical to jazz? Oh, classical to jazz. Oh, I love all music. It's really hard for me to pick oh, one.
1: Don't be one of those. <laughs> that <laughs>
2: I really like Celtic music, yeah, which works really well on a Celtic harp. Yeah, right. Mm. And, and I like um, it's typically the music that I, I write as a composer. All the music that I've played is music I've written uh, tends to be um, more simple and relaxing and can be tailored well for therapeutic uses. I often improvise at the bedside to help meet the immediate needs of a patient and from that if i remember i can turn that into a song that i'll I'll later write down Uh and so a lot of the things that i tend to play are more on this simple end but uh, if you think about music kind of like food one of my colleagues amy told me this uh is that you know when you're not feeling well you tend to eat soup and crackers right not a steak dinner Right. Same thing with sound. When when you're at a, a bedside uh, time, you're not going to play Flight of the Bumblebee, <laughs> right? Exactly. You right. want something that is yeah. relaxing, See, that, like, that yes. you can fall asleep to. And so it, when you think of music therapeutically in that way, uh, it tends to be more on the simple and, and slowed down yeah. uh Oh, and you're that
0: you're that kind of person too like i yeah. feel myself like okay we're kind of chilling <laughs> here that yeah you're, you're like the harp you're the you're the human version of a harp <laughs> the uh so um well you know that you we want to talk about the documentaries you're in but um oh, mm-hmm. when you write a, you just intrigued me with your one response is yeah you write songs for a harp yes. so if you write a song for a harp mm-hmm. how do you have to adjust it musically for a guitar or a keyboard does does something have to happen do they have to
2: oh yeah um well uh, the way i tend to play guitar when i do and i'm not that well versed in it but i I like to strum chords okay so uh, if you want a melody i'm not a good lead guitar player the lead guitar typically takes the melody to play on the fretboard uh the You would have to adapt it in that way the the harp itself if you go to a a, like a baby grand or a concert grand piano inside is a is a harp yes Um, Mm -hmm. so it's very similar to piano music Mm -hmm. the differences would be noting like the glissando this sound there'd be different um notation for that and things like the specific ways of playing this instrument versus playing piano with keys but Otherwise, it's pretty similar. So to piano yeah, I was
0: thinking because there's so many sharps or whatever yeah, yeah. here, mm-hmm. do you have to sort of interpret it to something else, to a saxophone or a keyboard mm-hmm. or something? Well, I'm way out of my league on this question. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. No, and feel I, free to tell me to shut John up. John
2: writes music. I <laughs> uh, well, I, I would probably uh, make the music in a, a lead sheet form, where I'd put the melody down and the chords over and. You know, if, if anyone's interested in any of the songs they heard, I saw the music on the website. And oh. we make sure to put the chords over the melody, too. So okay. if you just want to strum the chord and not play the accompaniment I put with it, you can. And uh, if you just want to play the melody, you can. Okay. So that might be a way a guitarist might okay. be able to play. It, or maybe just hum or sing. Gotcha. Make up your own words. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you'd like to do. Gotcha. But it's you there. you do lessons? Um, I don't actually do lessons. Okay. Uh, I do teach preschool children music yep. in, the, in the morning, but no. uh, through I the Jewish Community Center. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I and love the it. music She's specialist so there. I love it. Yeah, documentaries. Sure. That's yeah. we play ukulele usually. But oh. we did play harp for Hanukkah. And okay. okay. Yeah, this is the last day of Hanukkah. So I happy Hanukkah, that. everybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you so
0: go. So you were in some documentaries. So yes. talk about those a little bit, please.
2: Uh-huh. Sure. Um, let's see. The... Irish documentary? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband is a music therapist, and he was studying music therapy at Radford at the time that I got asked to be involved with the documentary. The documentary highlighted Radford students in Ireland, and they were there to go see the sights of the great poets in Ireland, and so they needed some harp to back up the visuals, so I played some music for them and they ended up choosing a song that i wrote to include with the film which i was very honored that's cool yeah so that's how i got involved with that documentary okay that's great Mm -hmm. do you have any affiliation with the pittsburgh irish festival oh no (laughs) really what's a connector yeah that would be
1: amazing they connect Mm -hmm. with people all over the world specifically obviously ireland but Mm -hmm. it's so amazing because they they really just focus on celebrating their culture all year round oh yes Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. This is like a dream come true. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think we should be connecting you with Keith here. And as people go through the sensories, they'll you can go to each station and just
2: <laughs> strum, right? There you <laughs> go. Or <laughs> weddings.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, oh. There yeah. you go. There you she's go. Like, yeah. Yeah. For let me tell you about weddings, Rach. That's what she said. Yeah. She's <laughs> like,
1: but listen, where can everybody find you so they can follow you and, and know a little bit more about sure. your great craft?
2: Our website is www music for life pgh.com and it talks about all our different services we provide drum circles Uh, my husband's a music therapist so he has music therapy services i'm a therapeutic musician if anyone's looking for virtual uh, bedside music i'm doing that right now through the for the va and so if anybody's interested in that i have lost some work with this Um, so i am available and so hit okay. me up, <laughs> my email's yeah. on the website.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then do you want to hit her up with the do questions it. of the day? You do it. All right. So, you know, this is a winter podcast. This is almost the last one for 2020. So as we wrap up, when you are kind of out there and there's snow and ice, are you using salt, which most people apparently are not, mm-hmm. or kitty litter or something else? I'll throw that in there. <laughs> uh, I typically use the ice melt. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's mm-hmm. two for that question. Next one.
0: Uh you do you use no you go
1: Marshmallows in your hot coffee or creamer in your Marshmallows in your hot chocolate or creamer in
2: your coffee Oh marshmallows in my hot chocolate really? for I'm sure you a
1: creamer coffee person uh, You guys are all crazy <laughs> And then the <laughs> final one are you a planer as far as the uh the mask or do you like a holiday mask
2: You're wearing the N95 Well right now I'm wearing the N95 because of the numbers and sections Sure there are times I see people through my work, so I'm yeah. cautious. But I love holiday mass. Right. My mother made me a, a music mass that I really like. I like to make mass sometimes, but uh, I opted for this one. I today. love seeing how people <laughs> are
1: making it an accessory. Yeah,
0: it's become you know? your flair. Yeah, it's right? really it fun. really has yeah. become your flair. All right, nice. I say
1: that she plays a song while we go out. We. Kind of read out Oh, that's like, cool. All right. Are okay. you up for it? Oh, of course. I mean, any excuse to get you to play one more time. Hey, it's so nice to
2: play for people in person. It well, really is good. true.
1: We're gonna get people <laughs> so on to microphone you. near okay, it. Okay, I will do that. Larry, if awesome. you don't mind, okay. do you mind
0: holding that one? Oh, I good call. You Yeah. All right. Cool. So this is where we thank say. You. This is where we start our thank yous. First of all, oh my gosh, thanks to Pittsburgh Botanic garden. Not old. not vertical. Like yeah, <laughs> right. And Keith, uh, just an amazing place. If you have not been here, what if you're if you're from out of town, when you come here, and make this one of your stops. No question. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they've only been around five years, so right. we should have known about this already, though. And thanks to Douglas, hey, you go a little music bed, who has definitely been in our bullpen and will definitely be on again soon because we have to seriously find out tips. And, and what not to do's and things like that so I can become a better gardener this spring.
2: So right. thanks to
1: Doug. And thanks to Say, I love this story. I mean, it, who needs homework when you have these movies that you can be watching on, digitally? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then of course, thanks to our heart player, Stephanie.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a-
1: Are you a fan now?
0: Oh yeah, totally. I was a fan, but it's like it, to see it live is just an amazing cool. thing. So right? yeah, totally cool. And
1: then of course, thank you to our sponsors. Rorik honda because they know their customers and community so they have asked some comedians to better explain the bells and whistles affiliated with their cars through fun parodies check out the value of the Rorik advantage
0: the, the spacious interior of new and used finds and experience the, debil- the durability of a honda vehicle all by following us on social media to learn more about a honda that suits you visit rorick.com for all of your harp needs
1: Yeah, maybe we should put a harp player at the Rorix.